three, two, one, and we're live. Emily, it is, we're here again. We Another are. week. Yes. It's awesome. It's amazing. I'm, I'm so excited. This is the best day. It is. Today it's, is the best day. It's so much fun recording and we're here in, in Nashville, Tennessee. We are. And we have uh, an amazing guest joining us today, Emily. Very excited. Very excited. And if you're listening, you want to listen to this whole conversation, you're going to be inspired. We're going to talk about purpose, how to find your purpose and many, many other things. But the gentleman that we have here today, you know, he, the way I look at him is as a community leader. He is a chief, the chief development officer for Big Brother, Big Sister in Middle Tennessee. He's worked for the American Cancer Society here in Middle Tennessee as well. He leads a, a ministry of church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, is married to his wonderful wife and two amazing sons that we've heard of. We have none other than Mr. David Edwards in the house today. Hello, hello. Hello. What's going on? It's going well. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for, for joining us. Honored to be here. I really am. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to kick it off, uh, Emily, with with a quote of David's and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Yes. So you say my life's work and personal mission has been centered around serving youth and young adults. And then you continue to say, I look forward to defending the potential of thousands of young people through my work with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Middle Tennessee. The best is yet to come. Absolutely. Um, you know, I have, I'll say this, you know, where I come from, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, uh, big, big city, uh, a good family. Um, but what has really helped me is, number one, having people in my life at an early age. Mm. Um, I mentioned my family, but also a lot of my family did not have the right mentors or the right positive influence within their lives. And, you know, just like we're literally growing every year as a child physically, uh, there's a lot going on emotionally, mentally, and there's something or someone shaping your trajectory. And for me, thankfully, someone was able to get in front of me. Yes, my parents, but, you know, you know, as a child and even as a teenager, uh, you kind of unfortunately tune those parents out just a little bit. So it was my band director. It was my coach in sports and folks like that that really, you know, got in front of me and said, listen, I see your potential, but I also see your distractions mm. and I'm going to help you navigate through this. So not waiting until one is an adult, but getting a hold of them in their childhood, being a teenager, I believe is essential. So, you know, if someone did it for me, I owe it to the next generation. That's so good. I think about what you said, you know, parents are vital roles in a child's life, but the other people like mentors or coaches that you really start looking up to and you want, you kind of things that you start encountering in life, you're looking to them on how they handle situations or how they react. Absolutely. So that guidance is, is crucial. Yeah. And I'll make one more comment about the defending piece. Um, I made that bold statement because, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of children, a lot of teenagers, they're not able to advocate for themselves. Mm. And to be honest with you, they don't even know what to advocate for. 
Um, And this could be proper education, proper housing, access to care. The list goes on and on. Mm. Uh, Over the last 15 to 17 years, a lot of my youth and young adult work has happened in what I call the underserved communities. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what they don't know. Uh, But being able to provide access and I'll make this comment, showing young people what is possible, Mm. Uh, because a lot of these young people have not been outside of their bubble, especially in the Edge Hill Hill community, the North Nashville communities. They'll tell me, yeah, I haven't been outside of my neighborhood or my community, so they don't even know what's possible. Mm. So defending is also giving access Mm. and showing them that this is what's possible. So I'm going to shield you from this bubble that you're in. Not that all of it is bad, but limiting yourself to thinking that this is all that's available for me. So that's where I am. I love that. So much good stuff there, David. This is this is a, a big topic. I, I believe so, right? We have Big Brother, Big Sister for a reason. Sure. We have the mentors for a reason because there there is that gap, right? In, in in the community. And sometimes, and you correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes it's very easy to oversee that. It's easy to go with our daily lives, to to go for our goals, to go for our ambitions, to 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 do our, our normal things and forget that there's probably hundreds or thousands of kids that don't have that figure to look towards. I love the the idea of what you said, what's possible, that, that in, inspires me tremendously. I want to go back to that. So if, if there's someone listening, just one person that has, you know, it's a family, it's a broken family, and there's a couple kids or a child that doesn't see that or, or have that, what is possible? Well, um, that's a very good question. And oftentimes we look at where we are and we kind of throw in the white and just say, you know what, like you said, broken family, financially, we're not doing well. We don't live in the best housing. Well, here's the thing. What do you have? Hmm. Use what you have. You may not have all the money. You may not have all of the affluence or influence, but what you do have is you have love, you have consistency, you have discipline, and especially for a child, you really don't have to give them a lot to love them. And oftentimes I found out that discipline, and when I say discipline structure, is the best form of love. Um, I'm not exaggerating. I can tell you several young adults that have said I wish somebody would have told me no or have shown, you know, would have shown me what the right path is growing up because I thought because I could do what I wanted, you know, I was living my best life. But I'm going to tell you right now, take what you do have, take what is there. And it may be a single mother, a single father with two or three kids or eight kids. It doesn't matter. You know, sit around the table and talk, have conversation and use what you do have. Make moments. There are so many moments that you can make. Literally, go to the park. It's free. Mm-hmm. You know, throw breadcrumbs to the squirrels. You know, throw the ball around. Create moments. Create memories. Because it's not the gifts. I can assure you that. We'll forget about that. But we will never forget those moments that we've created. That's really what's essential. So to anyone that's listening, my 
encouragement, I want to admonish you is what do you have? Use what you have and maximize that. And I can guarantee you, if you maximize what you have, more will come. So good. (laughs) Wonderful. I have tears in my eyes. It's just so powerful thinking about creating moments. It is. It it, it comes back down to the the micro moments. Uh, What we named the podcast for that particular reason And what we talked about recently, Emily, in previous shows, to be aware of the moments and not just being aware of the moment, but like David is mentioning, to take action on the moment. Because so many times those opportunities are right in front of us, whether it's in our immediate family or you know other families that are maybe in that position and you can do something about it. You can invite the family to the park, like David is saying, you can invite them to do something that's not super expensive and build that you know little ecosystem, that little community and encourage that family. I know would go such a long way. And even bringing you back home to me, as, as I was telling David, you know, I have a th- almost 13 year old son and he doesn't like when I tell him, no, David. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. For some reason, teenagers don't like that word. No, it's offensive. <laughs> it is offensive. <laughs> it is. But I couldn't agree more structure. It's it's a form of love. And it's it's hard to hear that, obviously, for the kid. But my goodness, it's also hard for the parent because you actually have to do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So powerful. So speaking of moments, and you're talking about creating moments. What are some moments that move you or through your experiences? What are some moments that you have experienced that have moved you or what are moments that you think of that can move others? Yeah. So when I, when I think of a moment, it is something that you can plan or something that actually literally happens in the moment. But I guess the heartbeat both sides is the motive, you know, wanting to engage in a meaningful way. Um, I'll give some examples. Uh, my wife and I were right at uh, coming up on 15 years of being married. And um, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but I remember in the first year or two of our marriage, um, we didn't have a lot. And we would literally, you know, look forward to Friday coming home from work and this is when Redbox was very popular. And it was like a dollar and 25 cents or something like that for a movie. And we would literally get a burger and we would sit on the couch and we would call that our date night. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. We were present in the moment. We wanted to be there. You would have thought we were at Ruth Chris or at a mm-hmm. fancy steakhouse with our little five, $10 burger in our red box movie, we engage with each other. You know, we, we were like not just physically there, but mentally, spiritually present. Mm-hmm. And we created moments and we laughed at each other and with each other and, you know, just simple things like that. And even, you know, fast forwarding to now we have sons, you know, last weekend, we played Monopoly. My oldest son, who's nine, David the Fourth, he was like, Dad, I want to play Monopoly. You bought this game for us for Christmas. And I'm going to tell you, I was tired, you know, because I had worked all week and, you know, doing a lot of different presentations for my job and pastoring the whole nine. On Friday, I was like, I'm ready to go and lay down. But it dawned on me, you know what? 
this is something that they really want. They're not asking me for a gift. They're not asking for a vacation. They're asking for a moment. They're asking for a moment. And we literally stayed up. I'm ashamed to say how late because <laughs> uh, we've done it twice. Um, don't think I'm a bad parent, but we played Monopoly to uh, until about 1.30 in the morning. Wow. No exaggeration, about 1.30. <laughs> but you know what? For my eight, now my eight-year-old tapped out. He was like, I'm done. <laughs> he passed out on the couch. But my nine-year-old and my wife, we kept going until about 1.30. And that was a moment that my nine-year-old is still raving about. And he's asking, when can we do it again? And the fact, it was, it was more than the game. It was all about, I'm with my dad, I'm with my mom in a meaningful way. And that was a moment. That was another moment. Great moment. You were intentional. You were aware of the moment. And you took action on the moment, even if, though, even if it was uncomfortable or you were tired. I want to... You may be you may be listening and you may be feeling, you know, you may feel a little bit stuck. Like that sounds great. You know, David, you've been married 15 years, but you know, I just got divorced or I just lost my job. David, what would you tell that person that is having a hard time kind of rekindling or finding what those moments are in their life? Or, you know, we can we can even pivot a little bit to what that purpose is, right, mm-hmm. in their life. How can they start, you know, if they're just feeling stuck right now, right? They, they're, again, something happened in their life recently. How can they start moving forward again and identifying what those moments are or rekindling, you know, the moment or the purpose in their life? Absolutely. Um, I want to tell you, um, I've given you two positive moments, but I've also had very traumatic moments. And here's the thing. It's still a moment. That's what I want to tell everyone who's listening. So true. It's still a moment. Don't discredit. Don't push aside the moment because even through tears, through pain, there's going to be some type of growth through that. So let me just bring you a little bit more into what we will call a not so good moment. Well, I told you that I have two sons, right? Well, guess what? We lost our first two children. Mm. Wow. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. Wow. We, I just talked about we had moments with our two sons. Mm. But what about the moments when we lost our first two children? Wow. And my wife called me with the first one and said, oh, my God, I need you to pray. Rush to the hospital. There's no longer a heartbeat. The baby is dying. Mm-hmm. And I'm helpless because I'm not there. I'm not a doctor. And I'm flying up the road to the hospital to be with my wife, who is in tears, sitting with the doctor, hopeless, helpless. And that was a moment for us. And I'm holding her. She's holding me. And as a father, as a husband, it's out of my control. So Right now, you may be in a position where you feel like this is completely out of my control. Um, I want to tell you, don't quit. Don't make a permanent decision with temporary emotions. Because when you are flustered, when you are emotional, stand still. Ground yourself. 
gather yourself because I want to tell you, you're going to get through it. And then it happened about 18 months later. We lost our second child. Surely the second time it was going to be okay. The first time, okay, okay, all right, we get it. Things happen. But the second time we were sure, yeah, we're good. And then we find out again, oh, you're having a baby and we think it might be a boy based on what the, you know, ultrasound is showing us. And then we come back the next time and there's no more heartbeat. The baby literally died. And again, now we're thinking, okay, is this a moment or is this simply our life? Mm -hmm. Don't mistake a moment for normalcy. It's a moment. You're going to get through it. It's okay to cry. I want to be clear about that. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be angry. But again, what you can't do is make a permanent decision with temporary emotions. A lot of the things we get ourselves into is because we were emotional. Emotional spending, emotional decisions, reactions. So again, I want to tell you, gather yourself, hold still, you're going to get through it. Um, find some people that don't just celebrate you in the good, but can anchor you in the bad. And, you know, it's okay. You know, accountability partners, uh, whatever you have to do to center yourself. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's a moment. It's not a good moment, but it's a moment. And moments will pass. And it's going to bring you to the next moment now. We have an eight-year-old, David, uh, excuse me, Daniel Lawrence, and then our nine-year-old, David Lawrence the fourth. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, moments pass and uh, you can make it. So hang in there. Wow. I thank you for sharing that. I think even you talking about those moments, they can be so impactful when you bring them up and when you open, open up and start talking about them. And I think focusing on the part that moments pass is critical for a couple of reasons. One being, like you said, that it won't last forever. And so knowing there's some comfort in that, if it's a, maybe a really painful moment, that it's temporary and it passes. And the other thing it makes me think about is seizing the moment because moments do pass by. Mm. And and taking every opportunity to cherish the moments and be present in the moments like mm -hmm. you've talked about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you said a key word, seizing the moment, you know, grab a hold of it. The good ones and the not so good ones. Um, it is character development. And I'm going to tell you, my greatest growth did not come from my best moments. Just being honest, I, I know that that's not popular to say, but my greatest moments were in times of despair, brokenness. How am I going to get through this in some kind of way? There was a strength within me that I was like, wow, I didn't even know I could get like, how did how did I do that? And, and you know, we're kind of getting into purpose a little bit here, but you find out who you are. In the tough times. Yes, you do. In the tough times. Yeah, I, I can totally relate. 
with with David and yeah you do and um you know thank you for sharing like Emily said opening up being vulnerable I can imagine how challenging that was in that moment but you know just now the wonderful gifts of the oh, future yeah. moments of your of your family and your your two sons and I can relate yeah I've I've you know I was married when I was 20 21 you know had a son who's almost 13 and that was so challenging because in my mind I never thought that that would be my story. But looking back through those years and as I've grown, if I wasn't put in the fire, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And I'm obviously still growing and evolving, but it is the the fire that makes that that gold pure. Oh, come on, man. Absolutely. Don't get me preaching now, David. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So if you're listening uh, this morning or in the afternoon, maybe you're walking right now, maybe you're going for a jog, maybe you're at the gym, you're having a coffee, you're hanging out with friends. Thank you for listening. But if you're going through the fire, like David said earlier, keep pushing through. Be present, like David said, in the moment. Get what I heard from David also, get, get input, talk to other people, be aware of the moment. And I promise you, as you look down the road back to this specific moment and you're in your future moments, you're going to grow from it. Your, your character is going to develop. You're, you're going to be a stronger person for it. So I want to transition real quick, Emily, uh, back to David. This, this, is, this is so good. Absolutely. This is, this is fantastic. So as we're, we're talking about moments and, and a little bit of purpose here, especially going through the fire, you kind of you're kind of forced to get to know you more. Well, I'm going to say this very quickly. Sure. The fire is mandatory. You you have to go through some fire. Now, you don't want to live on fire all the time because that's that's not where I'm going. But the fire is necessary because it validates you. It validates you. There There is no validity around a career, a marriage, you name it, you know, without having the fire because you you hit you hit it right on the head. It purifies you. So everything that you go through process-wise, again, it can be in the marketplace, family, ministry, you name it, there has to be a purification process. So putting you on fire is just cranking up the heat to get rid of everything that should not remain with you. Because everything that starts with you cannot remain with you. And unfortunately, that's people sometimes. Uh-oh. That is, there oh, are no. so many things that has to come off of you. And to be honest with you, mm. some things we don't want to let go of. And some things we don't even know that is a, what's attached to us until the fire purifies it off, but you have to submit to that process because here's the thing. When you submit to that process, number one, you will accelerate through it um, and then you'll come out, you know, as that pure goal or where you should be because, again, every level has a purification process. So if you want to go up, you got to give up. And I got that from Dr. John C. Maxwell. Uh, In order to go up, you must give up. What a great conversation today with David. Thank you so much for 
listening. And also thank you, David, for just joining this conversation with us today. Absolutely. And we're so excited, David, to, to have you back next week for part two, where we dive deeper. We dive deeper into to multiple things, into your story, which I'm so excited about, and, and things like purpose and how to find our purpose. So, David, like Emily said, thank you so much again for being here. And we're so excited to bring you back next week for part two. And uh, one way we would love to continue the conversation with you is through community. And you can send us a text message to 615-257-9548. And myself or Brian will respond back to you. We want to hear how you're doing, what you think about uh, micro moments, and can't wait to just continue connecting with you as we journey forward. Absolutely. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much again for joining us for part one with David Edwards. And we look forward to talking to you next week for part two. 